Lovely to be back and to see all of your beautiful faces. I've just been struck with the joy of the Lord this morning, so um, excuse my crazy dancing and stuff down the front there, but it is a, it's just such a pleasure to be back and to, yeah, to be in this place with you all. Um, you may have seen in our sign, in our flyer drops, um, in a video that Chris is going to post up today, um, that we really want 2021 to be an awesome year for you. And we really want you to live life to the fullest. And in order to do that, we believe that you need God's blessing. We need God to be in everything that we are doing. Um, and it's a great way to start the year. You know, we're going through priorities. We're figuring out what we want to do with our time. Um, but I wonder if we're all asking, what does God want to do in and through me this year? And how can I be open to that? Um, God prompted me, actually, to write this sermon today. Um, it was an opportunity to sort of preach on whatever I wanted. But I've, God's kind of talked to me through different channels um, and he really wants me to get this message across to you, that he wants to bless you, and he wants you to bless others. So he wants to work through you to bring his blessings into other people's lives. And the thing I want you guys to take away from this is that we need to work on having an active faith. So many times we just assume that God is in the things that we do, um, but we're, we're not always inviting. We're not always stepping out, taking that risk to ask God in, to be, take the power and authority that God has given us as Christians to bring that blessing into other people's lives, to be that conduit for the Holy Spirit for ourselves and for others. And that's one thing that I really want to get into you today. If you want to be a cruise along Christian, um, this is not the sermon for you. Today, I want to rack you up. I want you to step into that power that Jesus has given to you. So we'll keep going. Um, talking about blessing today, and I hope that that's what you can keep in your minds. Why blessing? Well, blessing is such an important thing for us as Christians. Um, there was a man, I've got his name written down, I should actually read it, um, <laughs> There's a man called Bill Gothard, and he writes on this topic, and he said he was inspired to write his book because of his work in youth work, and he said there were so many teenagers coming to him who were broken, who were hurting, and were just stuck in their relationship with God because of curses that people had spoken over them in the past. He said there were so many kids whose parents, in a fit of anger, had said, I wish I'd never had you. Life would be so much easier without you. And that can be uncomfortable to hear for some of us parents. Perhaps that's a thought we've kept in our own heads and not spoken out. But he said as soon as he started speaking blessings over these children, he saw something break in them. And they broke down and God's blessing just flowed into their lives. They were transformed because he had the courage to say, actually, what these kids need is a blessing. And I believe that's what you and I need, a fresh this 2021 what part of your life is God wanting to move in? What is he wanting to heal? What is he wanting to empower you to do? These are questions that we need to be speaking to God about and then speaking them out over other people's lives and over our own lives. So before we go on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are a loving, 
gracious and generous God. You are our Father. You want us to have the best lives possible. Lord, you have a storehouse of blessings waiting to shower upon us. Lord, make us receptive to those blessings. Lord, make us agents of those blessings. And Lord, open our hearts and minds this morning to what it is you're saying to each one of us individually. Not just as a group, but what does it mean for each one of us? What are you inviting us to do, Lord? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as for everything, we need a biblical basis. You know, we don't just believe the preacher up the front. We want to see where it is in Scripture. So, if we look back to the Old Testament, we see examples of blessings. And the most famous one that you'll probably know is the one that you heard Lorraine read. And she was reading the one from Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is um, it's given as a script to the priests to speak over the community of faith, to speak over God's people. That's why it's often used as a benediction, because it's as applicable to us today as it was to them so many years ago. And we, they do it. And you see in verse 6, it says the reason for it, if you keep reading on from that reading. And it says that when the priests spoke that over the people, God's name was upon them. And where God puts his name, he will also bring glory to it. If God's name is on it, he will see to it that that is on it. Those people became set apart. They were special, dedicated to God. Those were God's people. And that blessing imparted something upon them. We also see other types of blessings. You guys will know the famous story with Jacob and Esau, where Jacob went out, um, got some food, cooked it up, put like hair on his hands to pretend to be his brother and tricked his father into giving him his brother's blessing. Um, and again, that was in Genesis 27. Again, in Genesis 49, we then see Jacob carrying on, blessing his sons. They were blessing because they wanted God's favor upon their descendants. They wanted God's presence with their children, and they wanted to keep them on the right path. We also see it in the New Testament. Jesus carries on this priestly and parental ministry, laying hands on people to heal and to bless, to cast out demons. And in 19, Matthew 19 and Mark 10, we see this, and especially the beautiful image of Jesus blessing the children. It says he laid hands and blessed the children that came to him. Jesus was always looking to heal, to bring the kingdom into someone's lives, to bring that healing and wholeness and to prosper people. And we see it again in his followers in Acts. They continue this ministry, laying hands on the sick, casting out demons. And we read in a lot of Paul's letters, he wrote blessings upon all the churches that he wrote to. All of these people were active in their faith. They didn't just go, oh, yep, God's going to sort it out. They were the ones who were there giving blessings, healing. They would speak to people. They would invite God to work through them. And that's what I want for us. I want us to be a church where things happen, where we see God move. I know that's what you want in your heart of hearts too, or else you wouldn't be sitting here. But you might be thinking, oh, Becky, this is, you know, these people in the Bible, they're big, important people. I mean, Aaron was a priest. We've got the patriarchs. We've got Jesus and the apostles. Um, Does this, you know, is this for me? Well, my friends, 
certainly is. Um, and Peter, he says in 1 Peter 2.9, he says of the followers of Jesus, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. God is giving us all this priestly responsibility. We are a priesthood of all believers, as I'm sure you've heard before. It's up to us to be doing these things, to be letting God work through us and bringing God's blessing to others. But the only way that we can do this effectively is if we are growing in a relationship with Jesus. Not just a cruising relationship, but a growing, deepening relationship. So in order to bless someone and invoke the name of Jesus, we use the the power of Jesus' name It's not just tagging a little in Jesus' name on the end of a prayer, on the end of a blessing or healing or whatever it is we're doing. What we need to be doing is really discerning the will of God. In the ancient world, names were more than just something that you call someone. They they were describing the nature. It was uh, was their nature and character in their name. It had a, a bigger, more important meaning that sometimes we miss in the modern world. So to pray in Jesus' name, that other reading that we heard this morning, What we're doing is we're actually living in Jesus, growing deeper with him, and then taking on board his will, his nature into our own lives. In John 15, it says, abide in me as I abide in you. There's constant language all throughout that chapter of um, mutual indwelling. He's one with the Father, and we're one with him. It's how we live our lives to understand Jesus' heart, to understand God's heart is the key for us to be effective servants in the kingdom. How we grow in our relationship with Jesus and how we know his will is one of those things that we all need to work on. Prayer, reading our Bibles, all the spiritual disciplines, fasting, sacrificing, every time that we make a sacrifice in our lives to benefit the kingdom of God, I believe that's when we're drawing closer to God's heart, truly knowing what God is wanting. I believe that at those times, as we're drawing closer, we're getting the mind of Christ. We're getting the heart of Christ, and we start to see things in the world differently through the lens of Christ. Um, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6.33. It's this idea of being rooted in Christ. It's, it's almost a fundamental prerequisite, if you like, of finding out what God's will is in order that we can then pray into that. So we know, hopefully now, that we should bless people. But then you're wondering, okay, how do I do this? You know, often in church, we don't get kind of a practical kind of lesson. So I want to do that a bit for you today. Um, What do we do? What does a blessing look like? Well, as I said, that Paul wrote out blessings into his letters. He, He didn't just intercede or pray on people's behalves. When he's writing, he's writing to the people. So he's not sitting back going, oh, God, can you just pray the church in Philippi, he's saying, may God's peace be with you in the name of Jesus. He, he's going on the, the front foot. You can see he's active in it. Um, 
it's one thing to pray and intercede on someone's behalf. It's another thing to actively step into that power that God has given us with his name and bless people. So I'll give you an example. You might be thinking this is all semantics, but I'll give you an example. So if you're giving Steve, my go-to random name, um, a blessing, not you, Steve, but definitely God's blessing upon you, my friend. Um, <laughs> there's always a Steve in a church. Um, so if we say, Jesus, I ask for your grace to be upon Steve and for his meeting to go well. That's something that we're all familiar with, right? So I want you to hear the difference in this. Steve, in the name of Jesus, may God's grace be upon you and may your meeting go well today. A little bit of a different one's more active and one is more passive. And both are good and both are needed. But I'm saying perhaps we don't do the active one as much as we should. And I think that's what God is calling us to step out to do. When we bless people in the name of Jesus, something tangible is passed. Something tangible happens. Stuff happens. Um, in, in the Gospels, Jesus says to his disciples when they go and stay in someone's home, he says, as you enter this house, I want you to say, peace be with this house. And if there is somebody who is an instrument of peace in this house, then the peace will remain upon the house, and if not, the peace will return to you. So he is asking his disciples to go out and to say, peace be with you. Not, God, can you please make peace be there? He's saying, step into that power that I have given you, claim these things in my name, and they will happen. Now, I feel that many of us, we kind of fall into that comfortable Christianity. And we kind of go, you know what? I'm happy to pray for people, but, you know, I don't want to do anything too radical. And sometimes I think, perhaps, and I've definitely thought this in the past, maybe we don't go and put ourselves out there and, and command stuff to happen because we're a little scared that it's not going to happen. Maybe God's not going to come through. Maybe God doesn't exist after all. These are thoughts that might go through your head. Maybe we're just too fearful that we're not going to get the outcome and we're going to be made to look like fools and so will God. But if we don't go there, we're never going to see God move, are we? We're never, ever going to be able to really step into that fullness of life that God has for us. Because God is here. God is with us and God wants to do some work through us. And unless we make ourselves available, unless we conquer that fear, that fear or anxiety or awkwardness, God's not going to be able to use us as much as he wants. God wants to use you. God wants you to push past the feeling of comfort. He wants you out of your comfort zone. He wants you to take risks. And so many people come to me and say, oh, look, I just can't feel God in my life. I, I don't know where God is. I haven't felt God or heard from God for such a long time. And one of the things I often say, or I should say more often, is, what are you doing? Are you, are you just stuck in your happy little comfort zone? Or are you stepping out in faith and expecting God to act? I want us to be a church who expects God to act. I want us to take courage, be bold. It's all through scripture telling us 
to step out, to be bold, take risks, to do this. And we kind of water it down because we're not such a risk-taking people. Well, I want GPC to be a risk-taking congregation. I want us to see God move. I want us to see miracles happen around us. You heard in the reading, Jesus said, you will do things more amazing than the things that I have done. I don't know what that looks like, but I want to see it. And I know it's not going to happen unless each one of us step out and we just take that risk and watch God do his work. There's power in the name of Jesus, and I want us to see it. And I want us to claim it as his followers. Claim it and use it for the kingdom. In a spiritual direction session I once had, uh, my directee has kind of started this thinking of mine uh, over a year ago. Um, a directee actually asked me, can you pray a blessing on me? And for me, I mean, apparently this is quite common. He was uh, from a Pentecostal background, and it's quite common in the Pentecostal church. They will, you know, do prophetic things all the time. Uh, but not for me. I'm sort of more uh, from the academic kind of background and, you know, the quiet kind of, you know, sit with your hands down and, um, you know, keep to yourself, kind of let's, let's keep this minimalist kind of background. Uh, but he said, you know, I would love you to do that. And I felt God say, yep, just do it. And it felt awkward. <laughs> I didn't know what to say, really. But I took a minute. I sat there and I listened to the Spirit. And I spoke out a blessing on this man that was just so incredibly powerful that at the end of it, I was sort of almost laughing. He was almost laughing. We didn't even know what to do with ourselves. So in the end, I was like, I, I don't know, man, just like high five. And we high fived it out. Like, <laughs> that's weird in a spiritual direction session. Can I just let you know if you haven't been to one? That's weird. Usually it's quite quiet and contemplative. But something happened that day. And it's because I moved past my comfort zone and, it, and let God do what God wanted to do. And, and something happened. Um, another friend of mine told me that once he felt God was calling him to pray a blessing on this girl. Now, she wasn't Christian, um, and so it was kind of awkward. But he asked her, it was this young girl, you know, can I pray a blessing on you? And she said, yeah, sure. Um, miracle in itself. And then he prayed for her, and he, he blessed her, and he said, she, by the end of this, she was in tears. Everyone in the room was in tears. Um, and he wrote it down, and she'd kept it. And someone said to her in that room, you just said the exact words that this girl has needed to hear for such a long time. Transformation is what happened, because he stepped out. I mean, imagine how awkward that would be, praying like that for someone who has no real experience of church. But how moving for her so incredibly powerful. Okay, so we need to have courage. We need to speak to the person and bless them in Jesus' name. But what else do we do? Now, when we commission people in church, you often see our elders will lay hands on the people, right? It's something that people in the Bible do as well, to bless, to heal, cast out demons, commission. Um, we could just say the blessing, you know, but often doing something accompanying it can be quite powerful as well. Um, for some reason, it seems to, to be another channel for the Holy Spirit. 
Now, evolving our bodies in worship, this is kind of an aside, but it's something I'm quite passionate about. Um, we, we come from a, this sort of English tradition where we don't really move much. You know, like Italian people come and like kiss us on both sides of the cheeks. And I remember just going like, Why, where, where do I put my face? <laughs> um, we're not that demonstrative as, as a culture in general. I mean, we're getting more multicultural now than when I was younger. So we're getting more into it, right? You know, like someone kissed you on the cheek, that's totally normal now. Um, but we're not really that demonstrative. And you'll see like Italian people speaking like this, you know, European people, they're really into it. And we're kind of a little bit more toned down, you know, except for my husband who smashes wine glasses with his hands when he's going out to dinner. <laughs> but I think involving our bodies in worship is something we need to do more of. Um, body language expert Dr. Carol Kinsey um, Gorman, Carol Kinsey Gorman, has found that using, she was saying, using gestures connects us to our emotions. It allows us to express what we're really thinking and feeling. She said, what is really being communicated in body language is the underlying emotion and motivation, how you're really feeling about something. Um, when we accompany our thoughts or our words with an action, it draws us deeper into the experience. It allows us to kind of enter into the whole thing in a new way. Um, I mean, it sounds weird, but this might be clicking for a few of you. Have you ever wondered why people put their hands up in worship? Or have you wondered why people cross themselves in church? Or they kneel to pray? All of these are movements that perhaps we take for granted but they're movements that allow us to draw more into the experience and draw closer to God. Have you ever wondered why you like so much um, when there's a response to a sermon? Or have you ever been in an altar call? I don't think I've been in an altar call where I haven't almost been moved to tears because I'm doing something with my body. I'm sort of acting out what I've said in my mind and I'm making it more real for myself. If you haven't tried using your body in worship, I suggest you do. It's liberating, it's connecting, and it can deepen the experience. So the laying on of hands is one of these actions uh, which the Bible encourages us to do. However, it's important to remember that um, you must ask somebody first if you can do that. We don't just charge on and always ask when you're doing this, may I lay my hands on you? Is that okay? Um, so... That's how we do a blessing. We lay our hands on them, we talk to them, and in Jesus' name, we impart that blessing. Um, but what does it consist of? What do you say? What do we put in a blessing, right? Well, if we look at the blessing that we started with, it's, it's the prescription at the end of the kind of sanctification of the community, which was happening in Numbers 5 to 6. And it's the end, it's the script. So it's a, a wonderful um, place for us to take a blessing because it's for the people of God. So if we look at that a little bit, Deeper, it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. So God wants things that will enhance your life to come upon you. It's pretty simple. And he wants to keep us on his path. So the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Now, we all take it for granted that that's just a happy thing. Um, but turning away, taking your face away, is a sign of displeasure in the Bible. Um, having a face shine upon you means that God is going to be turning towards you and, and prospering you. God wants you to prosper and give you peace. And peace here, the word that they use, is actually 
talking about not just rest or non-violence, it's sort of the whole deal, the whole shebang kind of piece. Um, I was reading about this and what it meant in the, in the Jewish culture, and it sort of reminded me of Maori culture, the Maori theology that I'd read. Um, and they have four dimensions. They have this thing called haora, so it's, it's wellness. And there are four dimensions. They have taha tinana, which is your physical well-being, so your health. Um, taha henengaro, which is your mental and emotional well-being. Uh, taha fano, which is your socio social relationships and that sort of thing. Um, and, ta, uh, and taha wairua, which is your sort of spirituality and your beliefs. And the idea is that God wants to prosper every single part of you. His peace extends through all of those things. And all of those aspects of your life are to glorify God. And that's what it's meaning in this blessing. So this gives us some direction of what we should be praying for, for people. Um, Often in the scriptural blessings, I sort of had to look through, and they're often asking for people to have children, to have property, land, good health, and above all, God's presence and favor. So those are the scriptural things that people are praying. But when we give blessings, uh, we can make them more personal, can't we? So if someone comes to you and says, you know what, my marriage is not going so well, that's a time where we can take some of these things, but also put in more specific things. So if someone's marriage is not going well, we pray, you know, I bless this marriage in the name of Jesus, that it may be full of joy, that it, there may be patience, that, we will, that you will have kindness towards one another, that you will really listen and respond. And we can pray these blessings, and we pray them expecting them to be fulfilled, because where God's name is, God will bring glory and so what we do really will make a difference. So church, I hope today that you can feel empowered to step into the power and authority that Jesus has given us as Christians that we so often take for granted or just don't tap into. We just don't use. I want us to step up as disciples and, and bring God's glory and blessing into people's lives, into our own every aspect pray blessings in our workplaces, in our homes, over our homes, and on, you know, your physical health, all of those aspects, everything, your friends, relationships, everything needs God's blessing. And I want us to be a people who can listen to the Holy Spirit, be in tune, be growing in that relationship with Jesus, that we can do this effectively, that we can hear what God wants to do, and we can be part of making that happen. I mean, that is exciting. I mean, if we all stepped down and did this amazing stuff, imagine how our church would be. Imagine the impact we would have on this community. Imagine how great our lives would be. I believe that it's through doing things like this that we are going to live life to the fullest. And I believe that there are people here who do not know that yet. But I know there is amazing things in store for you if you step out into that power, in that space, and be that servant of Jesus Christ that we are called to be. So what we're going to do now is um, the music team are going to come up and they're going to play that blessing again in the background, which will be quite nice. But if you want to receive a blessing today, Rachel, Graham, and myself are going to be up here um, speaking blessings over you. And our hope is that not only do you receive a blessing, 
which is in itself incredible, but you will also see how it's done if you've never done it before. And then in turn, you can go home, bless your children, bless your workplace, bless the people that you encounter, um, and really be blessed. Blessed to be a blessing is what we are. So we'll just pray and then make your way to the front. Rach and Graham, if you could come up now, that would be wonderful. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a God who wants to bless, that you have abundant love and grace that overflows for us. Lord, that you have given us the power and authority to continue your ministry in this world. Lord, I pray that we take that seriously, that we step out of our comfort zones, that we take risks for you, Jesus. When people are at the end of their lives, one of the things that I've heard the most when people say, what do you regret? It was that I didn't take enough risks. I don't want that to be the story of our people here, Jesus. I want us to be bold and I want us to make miracles happen through your Holy Spirit. So Lord, be with us. Bless us. May we be bold. May we be blessed. In your holy name, Lord Jesus, your powerful name, we ask these things. Amen.